Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our guest today was told three times by oncologists that she didn't have much of a chance of survival, anywhere from a few weeks to a few months. She was suffering from acute myeloid leukemia. And joining us from Minnesota to tell her incredible story, Charlene, who does not want us to use her last name because she lives in a legal state. Charlene, can you tell us what acute myeloid leukemia is? Um. It's actually acute myelogenous leukemia. Myelogenous? Yes. Okay. I I didn't know a thing about it when I got it. Um, I Actually, um, it's flossing that saved my life in the beginning because um, I flossed every day. And it was a Sunday night and I was flossing and all of a sudden my, my gums started to bleed which is very unusual for me, and it, my gums bled all night, it, and it was very strange. So the next morning, I got up real early, I was, at, and I drove 40 miles to get to the clinic. I live in a very rural area, and um, I was there when the clinic opened, and I went in for blood tests, and they said, well, there's something very strange going on here, and it's beyond our scope to help you. You're going to have to drive the four hours to get to the nearest facility to help you. But we don't think you can drive. Uh, You might become lightheaded. Uh, They didn't want to tell me what it was. So I got a friend to help me get there. And they said, uh, once they took tests again, they said, you... um, are lucky you made it here and you're really lucky that you floss uh, because most people like you are just found dead on the floor or uh, you know somebody knocks on the door and they're have bled internally i um they said if you had been here maybe a day or two later you probably wouldn't be able to even be treated successfully so i made it within a day or so of being actually even treated with chemotherapy. So they, um, this was the type of chemotherapy that you have to check in, stay at the hospital for six weeks in a air pressure treated room. And then chemo, two types of chemo, 24 hours a day for seven days straight. Wow. Yeah. And then during this process, that was when it's so intensive, uh, the cordae in the mitral valve snapped off amongst (laughs) whatever else happens. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's pretty intensive, but they had to hit me really hard in order to make a difference because otherwise I wouldn't survive till the end of the week. That was the first time they told me yeah, it's going to be nip and tuck. Um, but at that point, I 
I was like a deer in the headlights. I didn't even think they were talking about me. It was like, are you sure you got the right person here? I'm, you know, I only, I felt some bone pain and I felt tired. That was my symptoms. And it was shocking to me that you can be that close to death and not feel completely sick. You know, it's, um, I was just shocked. So speed up a bit. Um, so let me let me uh, let me stop you there, and I, I want to ask you: What was it like doing chemo twenty four hours a day for an entire week? Uh, intense, it, and you know I had to accept whatever they threw at me. Um, I ended up with sixty three blood transfusions. Sixty three. Yes. Um, over a little bit of period of time because I had a relapse two years later. Charlene, what kind of prognosis did they give you when they're starting this horrific chemo with you? Are they well, saying you, if you go through this, you got a pretty darn good chance or what? Well, they don't, they didn't give me a whole lot of hope, but they don't want to make you feel like, ah, why bother either? Um, it's it's kind of like what they don't say. It's the look on their face. They don't want, and then they tell you, "Oh, don't look any of this up." <laughs> so, what the, the good thing is, they had a blood cancer support group that went on at this facility, and I thought, "Oh, I want to join this right away." So I went there with my little pajamas on and my IV drip, and I went in there, and they're all looking at me like. Oh boy, um, they knew that more about my diagnosis than I did. So I just started asking questions and, um, you know, they tried to soften it a little bit, but not very many people. This is the deal. If you have AML, um, acute myelogenous leukemia, only 25% of the people that get it survive five years mm. and then if you have had a relapse only nine percent of those people survive five years so nine out of ten and, don't make it exactly you know charlene so, one of the things i was i was looking at um about your illness is that uh some of the symptoms include fever shortness of breath Easy bruising or bleeding, which is what you had, right? Yes. And flat pinpoint spots under the skin caused by bleeding. Weakness yes. or feeling tired, which is what you were. And yes. weight loss or loss of appetite. Did that impact you as well? Um, yeah, I've uh, always been kind of, I'm very tall and thin already and just, Food doesn't get me real worked up, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Charlene, we need it. <laughs> so that's nothing new for me, <laughs> Charlene. When you got this diagnosis, because obviously when you're driving all those hours to the hospital, you've got an inkling that uh, something's probably pretty amiss. Were you? Was this on your radar at all that it might be the big C word? No. 
No. I thought, oh, you know, it's probably some kind of, I need some sort of medication. I'll, I'll get the test and get the medication and then drive on back home. A little anemic. Yes. Yeah. Boy, no, oh boy. Yeah, no idea anything big was going on. You know, if you, if I said, went in and said, gosh, I think I have some, you know, big thing. They'd mm-hmm. look at you like, you, what are you, a hypochondriac? Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh. you went through the 63 blood transfusion. Was that the first time you had this? Um, I think I went through... I don't remember. Okay. I just kept a running total, but um, in 2016, I had. Um, they just had to keep giving me more and more blood products because I just couldn't. I kept bleeding, uh, nosebleeds, and uh, you know, I they have to give you platelets and red blood cells and all these things, and and then. Um, they have to put chemo. They had to do a spinal tap, and then they have to. They had to put chemo in my brain. Uh, you know, they want to make sure they've got everything. So mm-hmm. they pulled out spinal fluid and put it in my brain uh, stem, and then oh, those fun things. And my spinal fluid kept leaking, and I had this headache that I couldn't sit up without vomiting and this went on for two weeks you know then you have to go back in and they have to do a blood patch and oh just just goes on and on you know to the stories but charlene when you um finally finished this chemo regime regime um what was your status what were you left with obviously side effects probably from the chemo but where was the uh, cancer at this point then? What was the status of that? After the first one, during all this process, I'm all by myself. I have no family. I have no friends around me. I'm, you know, it's a long way from where I live. Mm. And I have children, but they're across the world. You know, they can't just pop pop on home to support to them. Yeah. So I'm driving home and I'm thinking, you know, in my head, you know, you get stuff mixed up when you're on chemo. That's a lot of chemo to absorb, and your head gets all messed up. I thought I was completely cured. I went home just smiling. I thought, man, I went went there. There was snow on the ground, and now the leaves are falling, and I miss summer. So I'm thinking I'm cured. I'm great. I'm good to go. I those facts about chemo, about AML coming back. I didn't. If they told me that, I blew it off because I didn't. I didn't think about that. All right, because later the the Leukemia Society sent me that information in an email, and I said, "What? I didn't. Nobody told me this." So I brought it back to my oncologist, and I said, "Is this true?" And he said, "Yes, it is." And now you have severe heart failure. So between the two, you better pay attention. And don't be working, enjoy your life, because it could be real short. Now, the heart failure was brought on by the chemotherapy, is that correct, Charlene? Yeah, I had a little bit of a weak heart to begin with, and then the chemo just, like, snapped those cordae that hold the mitral valve. They went in, um, within nine months, I had open heart surgery, 
they reduced the atrial chamber down to half. It had doubled in size. The mitral valve was completely not functioning. And then they had to do a cryo maze, which uh, redoes the electrical system in your heart. So that was, you know, three-part procedure. That was um, by January. I was out of the hospital from the first round um, in September, and then I was back in for heart surgery by January. And then my relapse was um, a year and a half later. But I, the relapse, I could only tolerate one round of chemo. I, I was passing out, and uh, my blood pressure dropped so low. And then I got coronavirus while I was in there, and I had a hundred and 103 fever every single day. And then they said, we can't take care of you anymore. You got to go to the ICU. So when I got to the ICU, I thought, oh, this is the wrong direction to go. I might not survive this. And I just panicked. And I thought, I want to go home. In my mind, I was my, I was so messed up. And I said, I'm going to sneak out of here. I'm going to get home. And it was like, no, I couldn't get home. I couldn't even stand. I would just pass out. So I thought, this is the turning point. Either I'm going to get better or I'm going to get worse and die. Later, the doctors told me I was right on the edge of dying. So somehow I got out of there and I got better. But they said, I couldn't tolerate any more chemo. My body couldn't take it. Well, it had saved me, but it's also that poison. And, you know, so they said, you can't have any more. And when I left, they said, you can never have any more chemo. I'm sorry. I says, like, okay, go live your life, but don't, you won't be able to tolerate chemo anymore. So I thought I should go for a second opinion. This is about... Oh, six, uh, six months later, I went to the Mayo Clinic and I saw this oncologist said, if you don't have a transplant, you probably won't survive two months. A transplant means a heart transplant? No, a bone marrow bone transplant. Bone marrow transplant, yep. Well, when you get a bone marrow transplant, they give you chemo that's double the intensity of the first one that killed the chemo, killed the cancer in the, in the first place. And then they say, you have to have family or friends or a partner that completely takes care of you like you're a baby because you can't do anything. Well, first of all, I couldn't take the chemo. Secondly, I had no family or friends to take care of me. The cat just doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought, well, that's not going to happen. So I probably won't be here in two more months. And this is coming from an oncologist, you know, at a well-respected place. So I thought, well, I guess I'm a goner. But about that time, it was about two, maybe two months before that, my son had been talking to me on the phone and he says, mom, you've got to watch this movie. It's, I think it was on Netflix. He said, it's called Weed the People. 
Yeah, I've seen that. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah, well, I had, you know, I had been straight as the arrow. I just said never, never done anything like that. And But I was, you know, at a pretty vulnerable spot. And I thought, I'm, you know, I'm giving stuff away. I'm trying to be ready to go, you know, and uh, I'm preparing for the end. And uh, my, I watched that and I thought, well, geez, what have I got to lose, you know? And, and so my son helped me out a little bit and um, I started taking that at night before I went to bed because then I wouldn't feel anything. And okay, when you say that, you're referring to cannabis oil, <laughs> Yes, that naughty yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, and then all, the, and then well, the two months went by, and I was still here. <laughs> well, that was two years ago. So, how much cannabis oil do you take? Well, I started, uh, and then I saw. Um, uh, one of those alternative doctors too, and she talked about CBD. But don't buy it online or just anywhere. Go to somebody you know. So I, I started taking the CBD right away, <clears throat> and then I started, you know, making the CBD oil, with, helping it with the tincture of the THC, and I take that at night. Well, I take a dropper full. Well, then I got some edibles, and they were ten milligrams. Does that mm-hmm. sound right? Yep. So, and then um, I start. I thought, well, you know, those things are parts of of the plant, and, the, and I read everything I can find, and that's how I found you guys. I thought, hey, maybe there's a podcast about this kind of things, and I've learned so much from you. I am so grateful to you. The most information I've found is through you your podcast and um it's helped me so much and i'm learning so much um but i and through all the properties in this plant i think and i'm just guessing because you know unfortunately we can't research anything except for the places that can but not in this country um i think i like the idea of taking the entire plant because there's things we don't know you know, so if I can get the whole plant, I put it in an edible myself. And of course, I don't eat the stem, but I eat the whole plant the big leaves, the little leaves, every parts of it. Charlene, uh, let uh, let Corey give you the rundown on uh, on cannabis. Corey, ex- explain uh, the cannabis to Charlene. Explain cannabis. <laughs> well, you know they, you know the one to one and high THC, and and just go through go through that with her. Okay, uh, so basically, you know, the, there's there's a whole bunch of different cannabinoids in the plant, right? So often when you're running into uh, people who have oil now, they're doing a full extract where they're using the entire plant. Um, <laughs> often uh, more than one strain when they're making oil too, but uh, it's more more common to find full extract cannabis oil now than just cannabis oil made from bud. Um, yeah. people, people are also, I know Ian, we interviewed uh, 
oh, why am I going to blank on her name that does the, uh, makes the root. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a few years capsules. ago, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So um, every p part of the plant is useful. So it's interesting to hear that you've been, uh, you know, eating it raw as well, because there's certainly, you know, a lot of uh, components there, because of course there's CBD, CBDA, CBG, CBN, CBC, on and on and on, right? So the more cannabinoids, the better, which is why we're looking at multi-strain oils versus single strain oils and seeing so much more success with those. So if I understand what you're saying for listeners who are, you know, wanting to try and do what you're doing, you're, you're eating, um, fresh cannabis, but you're also uh, taking cannabis that's been uh, decarboxylated, i.e. in edibles, oil, tinctures, etc.? Yes, and then okay. the fresh stuff, I try to put it in, like in a something, a, a cookie or a brownie or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I just want to learn the best way, but I want to use every part of the plant. Because plant, yeah, so... Full extract oil, definitely. And you do need that THC to yeah. kill cancer. You know, do keep that in mind. CBD is great, yeah. but not on its own for cancer, that's for sure. Yeah. In fact, with most cancers, um, it's the high THC that kills the cancer. Yeah. You know, um, with, with hormone-driven cancers, we'll sometimes throw in... Um, you know, a decent level of CBD as well, i.e. hormone-driven breast, one-to-one, -one, THC, CBD, et cetera. But generally for something like what you've got, definitely you require that high THC. Yeah. And then um, I had been taking all kinds of medications for pain and sleep and a whole bunch of things. I quit taking all those things. So I've, my, my pharmaceutical intake is cut in half. Well, it's, yeah, I don't take those at all anymore. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just tickled about that. So, yeah, I just, I'm just, man, I'm just so happy. You know, hope is such a powerful thing. And this has given me that. And um, it, I just get so, I'm so grateful. I'm, you know, just to be alive is just every day is a gift. Um, yeah, you know, Charlene, we've interviewed, uh, I think your episode 295, and about 280 of those were people who suffered from various ailments. And I think almost to a person, people who are near death get a new appreciation for life. And I, I sense that you do, when you compare what you were like the, the day you drove to, to the clinic and they said uh, if you uh, were late another day or two days, you'd be dead. You compare that with the way you are today and the use of, of cannabis in a very beneficial way. Um, yeah. You sound much, um, I didn't know what you sounded like before, but I can, I can visualize the the strain on you mentally and physically as a result of what you went through and today there's much much more enthusiasm and hope in your outlook yes. on life right oh yes um i hadn't had a, a very easy life it dealt with a couple abusive marriages and and that kind of thing but i had 
just finished um, divorcing and moving and beginning a new life. And I think I'd held a lot of things in for a long time. And then it was like, man, I'm just tired. And I think then it's like it all, all that stuff caught up to me. And, and it was, um, then it, it was like, Oh no! Now then, then I got sick. It was it was kind of like okay. Now all that stress and tension and all that stuff is okay. Now it's going to come out and manifest. But I feel like I have a whole new life, and I'm so happy and grateful now. And uh, and then you know I I don't I guess I kind of pass judgment on people that partied and smoke pot and all that stuff and now i just like pot is or cannabis i see cannabis as this fabulous medicine i just it's completely different to me now and it's like gosh how could i sit and judge people for this kind of thing it's like you know because i was always working hard and being productive and all this kind of thing and i don't have time for that kind of stuff that was (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, remind, Charlene, it reminds me of myself. You know, you work hard, you put your nose to the grindstone, and all that happens is you end up with a bloody nose. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, people don't realize as you get older, uh, time starts to move very quickly. Yes. And uh, when you've gone through what you've gone through, I mean, you've had leukemia twice. Yes. You know how many people never survive? Yes. Uh, I mean, you are, you're very lucky to have survived what you did. And I think it really shows in your attitude, which is great. Yeah. What I'm so shocked at is that this information isn't up there anywhere. Had my son not told me about it, I don't know that I would have ever known about it. I mean, I it just, I you almost have to go looking for this and, and, you know, it's why isn't more? Why don't more people have this available to them? I mean, I'm alive because of this. Yeah. And well, yeah. you live in a state where it's illegal. In Canada, here it is legal, but uh, there are certain restrictions that. Um, well, I won't get into that, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's not the best legalization process. Let's yeah. just put it that way. How does your yeah. son feel about uh, his mom using cannabis? Oh, he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> because he's using it too. <laughs> well, and, and he's not in this state, but um, he is. Um, I be sure and let him know how grateful I am for him uh, letting or making me aware of all this, you know, I can't uh, thank him enough, actually. So Yeah, it's that little thing of watch this program, which changed your attitude, and if it wasn't for him telling you about that, you may not be here today. Exactly, and I have friends that, a few friends that have this Crohn's disease, and I've listened to your program, and I said, I called them right away, I said, guess what? Listen to this program, and then go do this. (laughs) Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do it? Yes, they are, and they're straight as an arrow. You, I would never do it. Yeah, now you will. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. 
Yeah. No, that's great. Are yeah. your are your oncologists surprised you're still alive? Yes, they're saying whatever you're doing, keep doing it because I can't believe you're still here. <laughs> Good on you. They said you look fantastic. What? Uh, I don't know what you're doing. I, I, and I tell them because I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. just saying oh, I'm not trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> sure, you're like a breath of fresh air, sweetie. <laughs> you guys are the breath breath of fresh air. You're the saviors. I'll tell you what. So um, thank you for what you do. You, just remember, you're saving lives every day. So um, yeah, when you do the podcast, uh, you you just put it out there, and you don't know you don't have any idea who's listening, their circumstances, and uh, yes. how it's changed their life. But you know, we we get a number of um, comments that people are very appreciative of it. Uh, we yeah. all we do is just try and put the information out there, and hopefully, someone will benefit from it. Yes, I've listened to so well. I've listened to them all the time, but I've I've sat and cried after listening to your podcast. So it's touched me very deeply, and um, you need to know this. So thank you. Yeah, it's very nice of you to say that. Thanks very much. Yeah, Charlene, um, what would you like to say in conclusion to uh, you're just remarkable story of survival and resilience and I think it's it's truly inspirational for a lot of people um, this is the only thing that gave me hope and that's powerful you mean the, ca- the cannabis yes yeah it is Charlene, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll do another program with you in a couple of years. Okay. I'm counting on that. (laughs) We are too, Charlene. Thank you so very much. And thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Charlene got to tell her story because she contacted us here at Cannabis Health Radio and gave us some information about what she went through. And uh, we very much appreciate that. So if you have a story that you'd like to tell on Cannabis Health Radio about the use of cannabis and your medical treatments, go to Cannabis Health Radio and uh, send us an email, and we'd greatly appreciate it. And if you'd like to support the program, you can do so with a one-time donation or a donation on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And we very much appreciate the listenership all around the world. I think the last time I checked, we were heard in 99 countries around the world. And we greatly appreciate your listenership. And feel free to pass it on and go to our YouTube channel as well. Thanks very much for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.